Hello friends, Tom here from wherever you are tuning in. I just want to welcome you. We are now in week three of our series entitled Teach Us to Pray, where we are exploring the greatest teaching ever done on prayer by Jesus himself uh, in Matthew chapter six. And it, you know this, it's known as the Lord's Prayer. And it is gold. There's so much here for us. Uh, now, if you've been joining with us, you know we've, we've, we've come up with a helpful definition for prayer that I think is important. Um, we've talked about how uh, prayer is much more than just talking to God. Um, the, the, the Apostle Paul invites us to live a life where we constantly are praying. We're constantly in prayer. So we've said that prayer, a more helpful, addition, uh, more helpful definition for prayer, is engaging with God. In the week one, we talked about how there's the reality that, that God, we relate to God as Father, we engage with Him as Father, that we have to know who we are as a beloved, chosen, adopted child of God Almighty and engage with Him from that place. And then last week, we talked about uh, the, the next line there in the Lord's Prayer being, Your name be honored as holy. And as we, as we contemplate and examine everything that God is, his essence, his name, right? His name describes his essence, his personality, his nature. As we, as we examine him and, and we investigate and we contemplate who he is and what he's done, that the overflow of that is honoring his, who he is as, as utterly unique and as holy, as set apart. Now, uh, <clears throat> we, uh, we've been really clear that this series there's a goal with this series, and the goal is to, to cultivate more intimacy with God, um, be like more closeness with Him. And we really believe that this is something that God's invited us into as a church, and obviously the extension of that is inviting you as an individual into that same ongoing journey of, of walking closer and closer with God your Father as you live out the remaining days of your life. So, all that being said, go ahead and grab your Bibles if you have them. Well, we're going to be back in Matthew chapter 6 today going through the Lord's Prayer. So I'm going to pray for us before we actually jump into the Scriptures. Uh, will you join me? Uh, Father, I just recognize uh, the reality of your ever-present love. Uh, I receive that now for myself. My desire is to um, my desire is to serve and to bless my brothers and sisters, my friends, my family, tuning in to this message. So Lord, would you help me? And would you open our uh, ears spiritually, our eyes spiritually as a people? We want you to teach us to pray. We want to engage with you in all things, in all seasons, in every single area of our life. Will you help us, please? We love you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Here's the Lord's Prayer. It should be familiar by now. Jesus says this, Therefore you should pray like this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Today, we're going to focus in on verse 10 there, the, the classic line, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, when the Bible speaks about this idea of kingdom, especially God's kingdom, 
What, what the Bible is describing is it's describing God's rule, God's reign. In other words, God's way. He's king, right? It's his kingdom. Now, <clears throat> the way things were in the beginning of creation was it was God's kingdom. It was God's way. It was He was ruling and reigning on the earth through man, right? So you have Genesis chapter 1. God creates uh, all of creation, and he says that everything is good. You have this, this perfect relationship between God and man. And you have perfect relationship between man and woman, so mankind, right? Adam and Eve. And you have perfect relationship between mankind and all of the rest of creation. And then what happens? You know the story. Genesis 3, right? Adam and Eve, mankind, they, they, they reject God's ways. Uh, they rebel against God's ways. They disobey the king. It's cosmic treason, right? They disobey the king. It's known as the fall, right? They have this, this, this rejection of God as king. That's what sin is, friends. Sin is to reject God as king, his rule, his reign, his way. It's saying, no, thank you. I want to do something else. All right, that's sin. And then we have the, the, a fallen humanity. We have a fallen creation filled with sin and, and, and death and brokenness, right? It's the result of the fall. Now humans are suddenly separated from God, where, where there was once this perfect uh, relationship. There's, there's now separation, not just from God and, and man, but from man and man, so from each other, and from man and creation. There's separation, there's division. And now, post-fall, mankind lives in a different kingdom with a different king. Now the Bible, it refers to this fallen kingdom as the kingdom of darkness. And in the kingdom of darkness, Satan, sin, and death rule and reign. So just take a moment wherever you are, and I, I want to invite you <laughs> to just do a little contrasting here for a minute. Contrast the kingdom of darkness, sin, Satan, death, brokenness, division, all of evil, okay? Contrast the kingdom of darkness with God's kingdom. Where there's no sin, there's, there's no death, there's no brokenness. I want you to think and consider for a moment the implications of God's kingdom where there's no sin, no death, no brokenness. That means there's no sickness, there are no pandemics, there's no injustice, there's no oppression, there, there, there's no division, there's no worry, there's no fear, there's no anxiety, there's no pain, there's no suffering, there's no death. In God's kingdom, mankind is in perfect relationship with God, with each other, and with the rest of creation. This is, uh, this is why the New Testament says that Jesus came preaching the good news. The gospel means good news. Jesus came preaching the good news of the kingdom. That it's actually really, really great news to be in God's kingdom where, the, where sin, Satan, and death are, are, are absent. It's good news. So, ever since the fall, ever since sin enters the world, the earth and everyone on it has been taken over by the kingdom of darkness. And then, at the most important 
thing that's ever happened in the history of all creation, 2,000 years ago, God puts on flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Heaven invades earth. Okay? Jesus, he comes, and he comes on a mission. It's actually a rescue mission. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 says this, He has rescued us from the domain of darkness, sound familiar, and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So friends, this is, this is, the, this is the gospel, this is the good news of Jesus. Receiving Jesus results in rescue. Rescue from what? From the kingdom of darkness. Now listen, there's something important that we need to understand when we talk about this idea of, of kingdoms and being rescued and the kingdom of darkness and God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. We have to understand something. Now, uh, I want you to kind of um, roll with me for a second, okay? I don't have fancy graphics for you. I don't have any PowerPoint slides. I want you to, I'm going to use my hands and my voice, okay? I want you to imagine the kingdom of darkness, Okay? I want you to imagine the earth, right? Overwhelmed by the kingdom of darkness. And think like the darkest dark you can think of, like, like as black as black can be, jet black, okay? And then on this side, I want you to imagine and consider God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, okay? So bright white that it's blinding. So you have this jet black, as, as dark as black can be, the kingdom of darkness on the earth. You have the kingdom of heaven, okay? And then you have God in, God in the flesh, Jesus, coming to earth, kingdom in, the kingdom of heaven invading earth. And now you have this overlap. You have this overlap of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness on the earth. What happens when white and black come together, when there's overlap, when both are present? It's no longer white, it's no longer black, it's gray, right? The gray where both kingdoms are present. You see, theologians, theologians, they describe this as the already not yet kingdom that we are experiencing here on earth. The blending, the, the presence of both, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of heaven. The white, the black becomes gray. That's our reality. That's the life that we live in now. It's the age with which, with which all of us are living. So I want to make sure you understand this, right? You have Jesus' first coming, right? It's, it's Christmas. God becoming a person, right? That inaugurates God's kingdom on the earth. What was once in utter darkness, right? Because of the fall, because of sin, because of Satan and death, ruling and reigning on the earth, the kingdom of darkness. Jesus comes on the scene and inaugurates God's kingdom. And it's here, but so is darkness, right? There's overlap happening. And then... At the second coming, the day that we all long for, the prayer that's the cry of every child of God, come Lord Jesus, he promises he's returning. Okay, at his second coming, God's kingdom is then fully realized, fully restored to the way it was in the beginning, the way it's supposed to be. It's upon Jesus' second coming that the kingdom of darkness is completely eliminated. But in the meantime, our age where we live now, in the meantime, we live in this in-between. We, we, we live in the overlap, in the gray. 
That's why one moment you can experience or witness, I mean, miraculous healing. I, I've, been, I've, I've had the privilege of literally dozens of times in my life witnessing God miraculously intervene in a moment and heal someone. It's supernatural. It's the kingdom of heaven breaking in. Okay, so as we live in this gray area between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ, we live in this gray area where we are experiencing God's kingdom in profound, miraculous, supernatural ways while at the same time still watching people die. Still seeing evil, still experiencing evil, still seeing brokenness because we live in this gray area. The overlap, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of heaven, both present on the earth. The already not yet kingdom. Now, if you've ever seen the movie The Matrix, uh, you know, it's the movie from the late 90s. Keanu Reeves, great name, Keanu. Uh, he plays this character, Neo, in the movie, right? And it really is a remarkable movie. But if you haven't seen it or you'll, you'll be able to follow with me, I'm going to kind of break it down for just a second. You have this main character, right? Neo. And what happens in the movie is he realizes that he exists in two different realms. He, he realizes that life as he knew it up until that point had been taking place in the matrix, basically like a digital simulation, all right? He realizes that there's actually a greater reality to the one that he had been experiencing, which was the matrix, this digital simulation, okay? And what happens is, is after he, he learns this, he, he learns how to live inside the matrix in light of that greater reality. And it's, it's pretty remarkable because he begins to learn how to do amazing, spectacular things, okay? Like, if you remember, there's, like, he learns how to, like, dodge bullets. Like, they come at him and, it's, and he's able to dodge them and stuff. I mean, doing all these crazy martial art things and, and he's jumping off of buildings and all this just spectacular stuff. He learns to live in that reality in a spectacular way. He's doing things that he once thought were impossible. You see, Neo in this movie, he's aware of and connected to a greater reality. And as a result, he lives a transcendent, supernatural life. He lives in a way that is supernatural. It's, it's, like, it's like transcendent. It's like part of another world. Listen. Do you know what's more impressive than dodging bullets or jumping off of buildings? Loving your enemy. Healing the sick. Radical generosity. How about, how about real, authentic, true forgiveness? Friends, a Christian is someone who is aware of the greater reality and someone who's empowered by the Spirit of God to live supernaturally, just like the Matrix. It's this picture of one realm breaking into another, just like the kingdom of heaven invading the earth, the kingdom of darkness. And it happens through people. 
people like you and people like me. It's this partnership between God and who? And his children, his chosen, adopted, beloved children. It's a partnership that ushers in more of God's kingdom. And the result is that the world witnesses what God is like through how we live. Supernaturally, transcendent, spiritually dodging bullets, spiritually jumping off the building, spiritually engaging in battle in profound ways. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. He says, quote, God seems to do nothing of himself which he cannot possibly delegate to his creatures. He commands us to do slowly and blunderingly what he could do perfectly in the twinkling of an eye. God's kingdom coming through his people. Friends, this is what it means that the church is the body of Christ. Many members, many parts, right? We're, we're, we're the, 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 the hands and the feet of King Jesus advancing his kingdom on the earth, overtaking the kingdom of darkness. Both are present, but it's a war. Jesus, the king, advancing his kingdom through his body, through the church. Now listen, we can't talk about verse 10. You know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can't talk about verse 10 without talking about intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer. It's this, the, the, let me put it this way. The, the concept of intercession, I mean, it can be summarized as like mediating or 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 representing one party to another. It's this idea of, of, of even pleading for another or, or, or going between, right? So if you've ever, if you've ever hired a real estate agent or, or a lawyer, they what? They represent you, okay? They intercede on your behalf. They mediate. They represent you. They're, 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 they're pleading for you. They're, 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 <clears throat> they're operating on your behalf. So then, if we apply the same concept of intercession to prayer and to our situation of living in the gray, what then does it mean to pray in an intercessory way? Um, probably my favorite book on intercessory prayer uh, is by this guy, Dutch Sheets. It's hard to say his name. Uh, Dutch Sheets. And it's, uh, it's entitled Intercessory Prayer. It's probably my favorite book on, on intercessory prayer, but he says this, quote, Intercessory prayer is an extension of the ministry of Jesus through his body, the church, whereby, listen, we mediate between God and humanity for the purpose of reconciling him to the world. So that's the first part, mediating between God and humanity for the purpose of reconciling him to the world. And the second part, or between Satan and humanity for the purpose of enforcing the victory of Calvary. It's the cross. He says this, Jesus is the victor. We're the enforcers. Jesus is the redeemer. We're, we are the releasers. Jesus is the head. We are the body. So, when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Remember, prayer, what are we doing? We're engaging with God, okay? To pursue a greater measure of his kingdom. 
His rule, His reign, His way. It's battling against the kingdom of darkness. It's good advancing over evil. So, whenever you pray over the sick, that's intercessory prayer. Okay? Whenever you pray for salvation for someone, that's intercessory prayer. I mean, think about it. The word salvation, it, it, it literally implies saving. From what? The kingdom of darkness. Being brought into God's kingdom. Whenever you pray for deliverance or justice, that's intercessory prayer. Whenever you battle against evil spiritual forces, against anything that opposes God and his ways, his rule and his reign, that, my friends, is intercessory prayer. It's engaging with God to pursue a greater measure of his kingdom on the earth until he finally returns, makes all things new, and the kingdom of darkness is fully eliminated. I'll wrap things up with this. For God's kingdom to come on the earth, hear me say this, it first has to be realized and received in you. His kingdom has to come here first. Okay, I want you to see how the Lord's Prayer, it builds up to this. I mean, think about it. It should be review at this point. It starts with our Father in heaven, right? Our Father, this idea of knowing who you are, a chosen child of God, and engaging with that God as, as beloved daddy, as the perfect dad, fully trustworthy. It starts there. And then it goes into what? Your name be honored as holy. It's as you contemplate and examine how absolutely unique and how supreme God is, that the outcome of that is what? It's this just delighted and glad submission to his lordship, to, to his, his kingship, to his rule and his reign over every area of your life. And it also results in something else. It also results in an increasing desire to see everyone and everything share in that same experience of believing the truth about God, of engaging and relating to Him in the closest way possible, of enjoying His kingdom, His rule, and His reign. So listen, here's my challenge for you this week. My challenge for you this week is to examine your life. Take a moment, pause, and examine your life. Where do you see an absence of God's kingdom in your life? It could be a bunch of different things. It could be in your personal life somewhere. It could be in the life of someone close to you. It could be in a situation that you're facing, or it could be in a situation that your community is facing. Where do you see an absence of God's kingdom in your life? And consider something. After you've identified something, consider what would it look like for you? What would it look like for you to partner with God, to engage with Him, to pursue a greater measure of His kingdom on earth? Friends, you see, the truth is, the kingdom of darkness is all around us. Take five seconds and it will overwhelm you if you think about it too much. The kingdom of darkness is all around us. That's the truth. But do you know what is equally true? 
What is equally true is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11. He says, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. See, the day is coming when Jesus' kingdom will be fully realized here on the earth. But until then, we live in the gray. We live in the in-between, the gray, and we fight in a battle that's actually already been won. The victory's been secured. We're waiting for it to play out. We live in the in-between. We live in the gray, and we fight in this battle, and we do it in prayer. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we anxiously await his return when the kingdom of heaven will completely eradicate and eliminate the kingdom of darkness. Let me pray for us. God, our prayer is that you would teach us to pray. You would teach us how to engage with you the way that you created us to. How to engage with you and the, the, the ripple effects that that has on how we engage with each other and how we engage with the rest of creation. Lord, our desire is for your rule and reign in our lives. And I just want to pray for forgiveness over us, God, that we would receive your grace and forgiveness for the ways that we reject your lordship, for the ways that we reject your kingship, your kingdom, your rule and reign in our lives. I get the sense that you're maybe even highlighting um, things in, in regards to intimacy, in the ways that we try to like build our own kingdom. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in our hearts as it is in heaven. And as we encounter who you are and as we, as we gladly and delightfully submit to your lordship, I get so excited about seeing more of your kingdom advance and make its way into the world around us and the effect that that will have on other people and all of creation. So we join with, with, with countless Christians around the world, past and present, when we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, your will be done in us and on earth as it is in heaven. We love you, Jesus. You're so kind to us. You're the best king. Amen. Friends, I love you dearly. I miss you dearly. Grace and peace to you. We'll see you next time.